Welcome back to the VoiceOver Gurus podcast. I'm Linda Bruno, and sitting with me today is the lovely, you want Gabrielle, Gabby, what do you prefer? Yeah. Hey, you. <laughs> um, Some people here. have a preference. Yeah, you with the microphone, come over this way. Uh, <laughs> I don't care. I have had over the years so many nicknames, so many uh, just alternatives. I, yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, Gabby, Gabrielle, whatever. Gabby, Gabrielle, Nistico. <laughs> All right. Well, welcome. Thank you so much for joining me. I, I find that Thank you've got you. such an interesting perspective on this business, you know, being in it uh, for so long as well. Um, and Don't we know? You, we're like old, old maids now. Dinosaurs. It's, it's yeah. Ridiculous. I'm like, how did this happen? As I just talked to you about perimenopause. Oh, <laughs> so. I remember back when. <laughs> Back when things were on cassette and reel to reel, right? I so. used to have to have a razor blade in my studio. <laughs> now you started in radio as well. Is that was is that your background? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I did, I did, I did. Um, yep, we started in the in the in the same market. I think. I'm, well, I mean, well, at least okay. I started in the market you're in now, if nothing else. Right. Um, so yeah, uh, WBAB and BLI and uh, LIR and all that. Those are my my alma maters, if you will. Oh, wow. Yeah. And when, old, what period of time was this? Uh, so I started working um, in radio when I was in high school. Um, I was I was really young. I was like fourteen, fifteen years old. Oh wow. And, yeah. I started interning um, and just like they couldn't get rid of me. <laughs> I would just, you know, hang around and, and um, you know, do do whatever they asked. And so eventually they decided to pay me because they're like, look, she's not leaving. So I guess we should <laughs> we should give her some money. Um, and I think I had every bizarro odd job that was available. Um, you know, I got bounced around for, for probably, gosh, like four years as, you know, people's assistants and, you know, answer these phones and here, right. collate these files and here, yeah. stuff these envelopes and you do whatever that. it takes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Uh, did that forever and ever and ever, it seems, um, and eventually started sort of slowly but steadily working my way towards uh, performance type things and on air and, and production. And I think, you know, it's funny because I, I really got pushed into the on air uh category for a while but but my my passion was really on the production side and and just the, oh interesting the, yeah that was really my early um entry into voiceover and uh what we do now so wow yep. yeah I I started the same way I started as an intern um but I remember going because I was just trying to find any means possible to get behind a microphone and be able mm-hmm. to practice um, and I had a business degree, so I thought, well, I'll go to like radio stations. And I, I would say, I just want to work for free. You know, I just want to intern. And I got turned away from pretty much every single radio station in the Fort Myers market, except for the last one, which was K Rock. And that's where oh I wound up. Oh and I'm looking point. at them saying, I'm offering you yeah. my free services. You know, I'm I'm yeah. young, I'm stupid. <laughs> Let me just, you know. So I wound up making um, phone calls for six months once I got the intern gig to during the dinner hour to various households asking them if I could speak to the male of the household because it was a classic rock station and if he call would call out research oh yeah yeah oh, right and he, I he remember could those days well name the music clips I was playing and then I would yep, get women yep. on the phone thinking that he was cheating on her and they'd be yelling at me <laughs> 
Well, yeah, I, re- I remember just, you know, hours of being hung up on and, and yeah, doing doing that. <laughs> and yeah, and, they, and my station was really funny. I mean, because they had like a team of us. We had like the station had its own little mini call center in the evening. <laughs> and it was craziness. <laughs> <laughs> and now you know. Look, look how far we've come. Purple. Uh, they, they have the 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 personal people meters, right? <laughs> and that we don't have to do that anymore. It's so okay. it's so different now. I know. So now this this was on Long Island, and then you moved mm-hmm. away. Like, at what yeah. point did you take off? Yeah. So you know, I, I was very fortunate um, in that it, you know it was a big market, and and you know I was from there, and I raised in the marketplace, and then um, had some opportunities. Uh, to do some things in the city, and I had a few connections um, with the then uh, CBS group that also owned K Rock in Manhattan. It was uh, oh, WISP gotcha. back then, and I was doing a lot of imaging work and and uh, production on the side for those guys. And so I had I had like all these crazy things that I had my hands in, and and I had done some work for Howard Stern and Opie and Anthony, and like you know all these crazy things for somebody who was as young as I was at that point. <laughs> and um, I Wait, was desperately. Trying what to move year up. were you working for ONA? Because that's when um, my my husband was their producer. So oh wow, yeah. <laughs> Did you know that? So uh, <laughs> it was between ninety eight ninety nine. Yep. And like 2002, 2003, I did, um, I had, there was an imaging producer that I worked with who was out of the Philly market and he was doing a bunch of stuff for them. And so I was like a, you know, an extra voice, if you will. That's and crazy. And me in for stuff. Yeah. I can, I'm like, I, we've never, our, our paths did not cross during that time. Yeah, I th- well, I think a lot of it, too, was like I was very behind the scenes in the sense gotcha. that I was working for all these providers who were doing different things. So nobody really knew who I was unless they specifically asked, hey, who's who's that? Oh, gotcha. OK. You know? mm-hmm. God, yeah. So it was, it was kind of a wacky time. Um, and <laughs> so I, I was desperately trying to move up. I was desperately trying to just do anything possible to accelerate my career. At that point, my my big goal was to become a production director. And uh, little did I know <laughs> that, that that would completely go sideways. Um, <clears throat> and so I was trying to just do anything possible to get into a really a better financial situation and, and more money. And all of my... Um, Mentors at the time, the program directors who I respected, mm-hmm. they all kind of said the same thing. They were like, look, you, you've got to go be the prodigal kid at this point. You, you, you're you too young. Like, you have to leave. <laughs> you have to Fly your go. little wings. <laughs> yeah, you have to leave. You have to go dominate and take over in a small market where someone with your skill set and someone with, with major market experience is going to be able to do that. And then you come back. And they're like, and when you come back, we can we can do something with you. They're like, because the problem right now is, you know, and I mean, I was told point blank. They're like, you know, you're 19, 20 years old. Like nobody's nobody wants you as a manager. Right. Yeah. Too young. Yeah. No, nobody's going to put you in charge of a department where you're managing people twice your age. So, right. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, OK. <laughs> so that's so why that's, you wound up leaving. It, more or less. Yeah. That yeah. was that was kind of the catalyst, because it, by by the time I left Long Island, I had like seven jobs. Um, 
<laughs> all at the same time. Well, right? starting at 14, yeah, I could un- I well, could see how that would build up, too. Well, quickly. yeah, but, but I mean, like, no, like, right up until the day I, you know, got in my car and drove off, um, I was, like, the poster child for the New York hustle. Um, <laughs> I had... So I was working two different radio stations. Um, I was doing part-time work at an advertising agency. I was doing freelance work at a uh, production studio in town. Uh, <laughs> like I was, I was everywhere. I would like any way I could make a buck, I was making it. Yeah, <laughs> and it was crazy. Um, and you know, and still because it's New York, you know, you're still still scraping by even doing that. Right, right, right. Uh, so for... <laughs> anyway, um, so at the time, um, I just I, I kind of took a look at the map and I was like, all right, well, where do I where do I know people? Where am I going to not feel like a total fish out of water? And okay, gotcha. Yeah, the options were basically places that were just as expensive and just as difficult as New York. It was like L.A. and oh, right, right. <laughs> you know, basically, most of California. And I was like, yeah, that's that's not going to work. That's not happening. Um, and so, yeah, decided on on North Carolina. Charlotte was a, a growing market at the time, and I was like, yeah, that that sounds cool. Wow. Um, mm-hmm, moved literally two weeks before nine eleven. Oh wow. Uh huh. And then the world shut down. Oh God. Yeah, and I was um, the epitome of a stranger in a strange land. I I like had no idea where I was. I was uh, completely shell shocked. My my home had just been blown up, and um, wow. Yeah, it was it was a really weird time. It was a very very trying, very emotional uh, time for me, and it took me a really long time to get my bearing down here. Mm-hmm. And it took me quite a while to actually. Um, get employed because once 9-11 happened, you you remember like, you know, broadcasting just shut down. Everything in media just came to a grinding halt. Um, Nobody was hiring. Nobody was doing Mm -hmm. anything. And so that was that was pretty rough. I remember on that day I was living, you know, I was here on Long Island at the time Mm -hmm. I was married. Uh, My husband was the producer for ONA. And when the two towers got hit, you know, they shut in and out of the city. Yes. And so all, all of a sudden, the panic hit, like, are they going to hit other buildings, too? Right. And they were, they were near, you know, they were up on 57th mm-hmm. and 7th. And so the panic, and I could not get in touch because the cell phone towers were yeah, down. Yeah, everything was down. Yeah. Oh, my God. I couldn't get in touch mm-hmm. with him for, like, four hours and yep. talk about one of those one of those days. You'll, you know, no one will forget it. Oh, ever. no, nobody. Yeah. You, know, you didn't yeah. even have to live here. But, um, um, yeah, and then the industry follows suit, you know, changes uh, fell in line with that. Yeah, yeah, I know, and it was it was crazy. Um, I remember, uh, you know, and I was still I was still uh, staying at a friend's house because I had literally, I mean, I just moved here. Wow! Didn't even have a place of my own yet. wasn't even settled in. And um, she wakes me up and she's like, "Oh my god, you you've got to come look at the TV." And we just wa- I mean, we just thought like, you know, like a lot of people did, like this isn't real. We're watching, mm-hmm. you know, like what is this? How is this happening? Um, and then, you know, yeah, and I, I remember, I mean, I couldn't get in touch with anybody. I couldn't get in touch with family. I couldn't get in touch with friends. Um, I found out wow. later, you know, that I had I had friends who literally walked, you know, the Brooklyn Bridge to, to get, get home, yeah. out, mm-hmm. <laughs> just to, yeah. to get out of Manhattan, um, just, uh, you know, any, any way they could. 
uh, craziness. But yeah, so so it was it was a rough time. Um, you know, for a long time, I, I kind of wanted to just bail and I really wanted to just sort of go running back home. <laughs> <laughs> but again, you know, young and 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 um, not quite yeah. ready for the culture shock. Right. <laughs> um, and slowly but surely I acclimated. Um, and then a, a couple years into being here, I, I got um, hooked up through some mutual acquaintances and through some uh, different radio channels with um, the owner of VoiceHunter.com, which is also the same uh, company that is the management team for um, Ace and TJ and a bunch of syndicated radio shows across the country. And they mm-hmm. just happened to be here in Charlotte. And so, you know, there was like a, hey, let's let's kind of get together. Um, and I wound up taking on this operations position and um, starting to manage this uh, casting site and this group of voice actors. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's so how you and I met. About this radio thing. <laughs> um, but that was how... Y- that was how yeah. you and I met. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And it, which was trippy because I was like, wait, how do we not know each other? I know. I know. I know. And my agent in New York at, at Innovative Sherry was like, there's this new, you know, company, Voice Hunter. And they contacted <laughs> me. And I really think it's someone that you should reach out to. And I was like, really? You're cool with that? Okay. You know, so, yeah. you know, reaching out to you guys. And that's how I, I wound up getting Disney through you guys. Yeah. And then we and we knew like all these you know same people. You and I were like that case of like two ships that somehow yes. passed. In the night and didn't <laughs> now you're telling yeah. me with the ONA reference too. I'm like, oh, oh my yeah. gosh, and this I mean, is come crazy. On, you know, digital waterworks and yes. like, you know, and we and Robin Marshall and like we know all the same people. I'm like, how did we never meet? I don't understand. <laughs> we just never did. And then it's really funny because every once in a while, and I don't know if this has happened to you, but it happens to me all the time. Someone that knows us or maybe knows both of us and will see a picture of you and go, Gab, is this, <laughs> is this you from like, and I'm like, no, that's Linda. <laughs> they think we're sisters. They think if nothing else, they think we're related, which I mean, I can totally see it. It's just, it's really funny to me. Yeah. That's funny. But that now, now we're both coaching in the same manner as well. Right. You know, because you've got your Amazing. own coaching, you know, you've got a, a, a very large, uh, you know, endeavor with it, which I want you to talk about. But um, yeah, the same kind of philosophy of coaching, you know, students with the the object of not taking their money just yeah. to sit there and take money, which I'm not yeah, going to no mention doubt. the site, but you had mentioned a site for me to check out the other day. I was ready to throw up. OK, when oh. I saw how mm-hmm. much they were charging and what they mm-hmm. were offering, mm-hmm. I mean, Look, I, to anyone listening, you you got to get coaching. There's no other way around that. But make sure you vet the coach. Make sure the coach is actually working in the business and isn't just a coach and that they have real credentials. And I'm sorry, but you don't need to be forking out thousands upon thousands of dollars at the without even working with someone. I mean, no. I just I can't believe it. And the thing that's crazy to me is like, okay, I still, I mean, yeah, I know the whole adage, you know, sucker born every minute, blah, blah, blah. And that's been around forever. But we're in an age where consumers have all the power. We have Mm. all these resources at our disposal. The internet is one big review. (laughs) Use them. 
you know, mm-hmm. we can't be so blind as to just uh, buy into and, you know, drink drink the Kool-Aid that anybody's offering. But it's like if it's if they write it on the Internet, it must be true. Oh, I know. And it's crazy <laughs> it's to me. Like... It's crazy that that's still going on. Um, yeah. We just had an instance. I don't, I'm sure you saw it. And I, I posted it to Facebook and it was a cross promote with uh, Terry Daniel because this this gentleman who's a, a armed service vet, he's in his 70s, mm-hmm. ended up being taken for like thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. I think like five or six grand was the total number between training. And I say that in air quotes. Uh, oh, and no demos yeah and not only are they atrocious he's he's aware of it now you know he he kind of sees how bad it is and um so this other coach kind of just took it upon himself to 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 kind of help the guy and to go you know what we're gonna we're gonna fix this and so there's a whole bunch of us trying to contribute and going you know what can we do what can Mm -hmm. we offer him how how can we try to make up for some of this damage that this other company has done that is terrible. Because it's just absurd. Um, you know, not only is he a senior citizen, but, you know. Um, it's wrong veteran. on so many levels. Yeah. Oh, God, it is. I it's mean, so wrong. And and this goes on all the time. And it, it, unfortunately, it's not new. It's not unique. It happens right. way more often than it should. And I'm, I'm always just like, please, people, research, 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 and research some more. If you cannot find your coach, if you can't verify jobs that they've done if if you you know if you hear that like I always love when it's like studio quality you know you hear somebody's studio and you're like what (laughs) (laughs) why does this sound like this and in somewhere people get this weird idea in their head where they go oh well if it sounds bad and they're getting that must mean that I can do this I don't need it to be good quality I can totally and it's like no it's the exact opposite of what you should be saying Like we were just talking about that before we started podcasting today. I didn't turn my air off because if I do, I would be sweltering in the little box. (laughs) And so, you know, you can hear some environmental noise on on this recording that isn't normal for for the things that I do. Right. Um, But, you know, but we're still rolling through a TLM 103. So, I mean, hey, it's not that bad. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I know. Well, I, I think it's kind of interesting that we both wound up, you know, with the same philosophy with the with the um, the coaching, because I think you have the probably the same approach I do with each student is I like kind of like do a bespoke perspective on it, you know, a, a customized for each student, because oh, I don't yeah. feel that there's any there's no like step one, you know, like level one, level two, because ah. each person is different and everybody's at a different stage, you know, they their are. voiceover and- journey, as I like to say. They are, and and I'll and I'll tell you the funny part. So on on my site, I do have a series of steps, but what they are is actually they're they're freebies. They're completely, mm-hmm. you know, it's like here they are, and it's basically accumulated list of all the years that I've talked to beginners and new folks and yeah people who maybe kind of sort of think they want to do this, and I've gone okay, great. Here's what you do. Mm-hmm. This is this is your step by step. You're gonna do all of these things first on your own. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And then if you get all the way to step 12 and you're like, yes, I am still in it. I want to do this. I am fired up. I am more passionate than ever. <laughs> exactly. Awesome. <laughs> then we look at coaching. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, you've helped them out by organizing it because people are so yeah. clueless with what even goes into starting. Oh, totally, totally. You know? But my coaching itself, yeah, no, 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 no. There's no, I, I, I have a syllabus that I use. And I mean, even inside the syllabus, it, it it's very straightforward in that it says it's, it's a rough, it's not set yeah. in stone, because there has to be some fluidity, because every single person you encounter is different. And we have to look at strengths and weaknesses. And Mm -hmm. What works for one doesn't work for another. And then, my gosh, we get into genres and all the different areas of voiceover. So, yeah, it, it has to be really tailored to the individual, which is why I think private coaching has and, and will for the foreseeable future be the only way to really effectively get into this business. Yeah, I totally agree. I had a, a, a potential new student come visit the studio yesterday. And here's a guy that's already working in the acting business, like part time. Mm -hmm. And he also was a PA announcer for some local events here on the island. So he says, he goes, well, what do you think? And I go, look, you're already doing some of the work. You know, you're at a different level than someone who maybe has never gotten right. behind a microphone before or because for me, I, I believe that you need to be able to let go. You need to be able to tap into those acting chops of yours. Sure. Um, and the fact that he's already doing that, I said, you are already on your way. <laughs> you know, you're already. But there's a, a case of someone who's at a starting out for voiceover itself at a different level than someone else who's just brand spanking new to the exactly. whole thing. Exactly. And, and we see that a lot. We see the the actor crowd. The uh, what I call the parallel performers, right? Anybody from broadcast, anyone from mm. any of the acting arts, and then of course anyone with a music background, mm -hmm. um, musicians and singers and and performers in other areas. There's there's already like a huge leg up that many of them have, mm -hmm. and so we have to modify and adjust for them. Mm -hmm. And um, what's your opinion on this? I mean, I'm, I probably already know what it is. When they always say to you, you know, you're gonna make a demo in six weeks. We're gonna get you in the studio in six weeks. I, I, what do you think about that concept <laughs> of creating a demo at the early stages? So, I mean, yeah. Oh boy. Can it yeah. be beneficial at all? I mean, I'm trying to play devil's advocate here. I mean, I'll I'll just use myself as an example and and knowing what I know of, you know, my own journey without even having to to I don't know, speculate, I guess. Mhm. Mm my first, I would say probably uh I don't know, five demos, all of which were self-produced because I was coming out of radio, right? Mhm. Mm um or I was still in radio, either one, uh were atrocious. <laughs> And, and for a variety of reasons, right? But but really, when you strip away all the stuff I didn't know about how to, the marketability of a demo and the types of the production value, the, the script selection, the things that, you know, the, the higher quality buyers are looking for, even if I negate all of that, my acting, it was just terrible. I had no clue what I was doing. Right. But it, it was, was at so that level that you game. were at, you know, yeah, early in the game. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So, I mean, I I think I adopted the, the philosophy and I learned really early on that demos are disposable. Mm -hmm. They are a 
product that you're going to buy often. They're going to need replacing often. They're going to be, you know, a, a pretty consistent investment. So then I equate that to the business side of things and I see people hinge, you know, t- t- all of this, this, uh, hope or their hopes and their dreams and everything on you know one demo that's going to cost them two or three grand that they're having to finance on a credit card and i'm like "Mm, yeah i know yeah about Mm -hmm. that (laughs) it's just a really bad idea i mean because if it's going to take you right this is it it all comes back to roi if it's going to take you a couple of years to pay off that demo Mm-hmm. You have to realistically ask yourself, am, am I going to make that back on that demo? And in what time frame? And, and what's going what's gonna to happen here? What's going to be all of the, the, the components of this, right? Right. Um, early demos don't have that kind of ROI. It's not the demo. It's not the producer. It's, it's you, right? It's the level <laughs> that you're at. Yeah, right. exactly. We have to grow. And so if you're spending crazy, crazy amounts of money on your first demo, it's going to start a pattern that you probably can't get out of where you're going to be putting yourself in debt. And, you know, it's kind of like when, um, you know, I don't, I don't know, most people I think have, have done this, especially Americans, because it's the way of our culture, right? We buy a car. Mm-hmm. We want to get out of that car. We want to get a new car. And what are we facing? We have gap. Mm-hmm. And then we have the rollover in the loan. Right. You know, so I traded in car A to get car B, but now I have a $7,000 difference, so they're going to roll it in. Right. (laughs) So you're still paying for this thing that you don't even have anymore. (laughs) Right, right. Just so you can have the new thing. Yeah, like a Mm -hmm. bajillion years later. And, and, you know, you do that after four or five cars. And guess what? Somewhere you're still paying for your 2002 Honda Civic (laughs) that you haven't driven in nine years. You don't want that. You don't want that to happen. And sadly, that's what will happen if they're made too quickly, if you rush into it, um, if you're spending way, way more than you can justify on it. It's just not it's not wise. I'm like, look, I would rather see somebody take a couple of years to save up for a demo Mm -hmm. and be able to do it in cash. Right. Without having to finance and then know, okay, I'm going to get a couple of years out of this thing and then move on to the next one and, and start that system from a from just a good, solid strategy. Um, you know, when somebody's at, at the place that you and I are, and I mean, we've been doing this forever and, and we have big, giant clients, you know, yeah, you and I have no problem going, here's my card, go ahead, you know, whatever. We right. know we'll pay that off in a couple of months and it's no big deal and, and it's going to make us money back 30 times over. Right. When you're just starting out, please don't do that to yourself. Yeah. it's. I, I, yeah. I feel like there's so much of a, 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 you know, perception that it's like, well, once I, you know, get in there, get a couple lessons under my belt and get a demo together, now it's off to the races. You know, now I'm going to be yeah. booking jobs and I'm going to... You know, it's like, that's not how it works. I'm always like, look, it's we're learning a, an instrument here. You know, you're going to yeah. just start, you're just picking up the guitar and now you can get on stage and, you know, or start busking in the subway yet. No, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's a craft. It has to be honed and you have to keep studying. But yeah. it's like this day and age of instant. I want instant, uh-huh. instant gratification. And, and I want to make money now. And I see these animation people and they make millions and da, 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 da. And it's like, 
I, I just, I, I, it kills me. And I'm, you know, I think I'm like you with it. I'm extremely honest with, with students. Yeah. You know, and I just say to them, look, this is a journey. This whole thing is a journey. I want you to get behind that mic if you love it, if you absolutely love becoming something else for 30, 60 seconds at a time, or, you know, just transforming yourself and you feel that passion, then that's what's going to drive you. You know, that's what's going to keep you in business mentally so you can stick it out through the, the, the low times, the, the, the great times, mm-hmm. the times when you don't book jobs for months on end. You know, you need to have that strength, but you got to have the passion. The passion has to underlie everything. It does. It, it absolutely does. I mean, if you don't love it, you will not weather this. No. You will not weather the ups and the downs. And there will be plenty of times where you're just going to go, I think I should just go do something else. <laughs> right. Um, and, and, you know, I think for you and me, Linda, it's it's the New Yorker in us, right? It uh, It's where we're honest to, to a degree that gets us in trouble. And I know for me, for years and years, I, like, I've had to soften. Like, I've had to really, d- <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, not sugarcoat exactly, but definitely get get a little powdered sugar somewhere in, in my approach. Because, man, it was just too brutal for people. And I was like, look, it is brutal. This this is how this goes, and it was um, it was too negative. And I think uh, you know wow. over the years I have I've had to kind of soften a little bit, and I've had to sort of retool that. But I'm still pretty pretty opinionated about the way I think uh, this works, and and what works well, and what doesn't. I found that after I moved up here and was up here for maybe like seven eight years, my friends down in Miami would be like, "God, you become such a bitch." Ah. You know what what happened? And I go, "It's not being a bitch." I'm just being straightforward with you, yeah. but it's no hard feelings. It's not like I'm sitting there, you yeah. know, you know, uh, insulting you. Mm-hmm. I'm just when it comes to business, this is these are the facts. This is how yep. it is. I, I like to equate New Yorkers to M and M's. They have like that little little thin outer shell, mm-hmm. but then it's nice and warm. And actually, New Yorkers are really wonderful people. Right, we're know, talking about the candy, not the wrapper, right? Right, Because right, he's yeah. definitely not. Yeah, he doesn't have that squishy metal. No, the chocolate, the lovely chocolate. <laughs> and, and a New Yorker will help you, and they'll be there for you. And But, yeah, you're going to get the hard, cold, cold yeah. reality. But why waste but your time or your money without it? You know? But that's it. And, and, you know, from a business standpoint, it's so interesting because, okay, so I've, I've been – down south now for uh oh gosh i don't uh <laughs> almost 20 years oh my god wow god time flies yeah, it's crazy. huh it's crazy it's so crazy i've been here a long time now and what's funny is <clears throat> still and i i mean i'm amazed <clears throat> excuse me <laughs> i'm amazed because the evolution of of business that i've seen here in a city like charlotte and the growth has made it a little bit easier but I still, I, I've, I have to candy coat for so many people and I have to, <laughs> um, you know, like I offend people so easily. Like my staff will get upset with, and I'm like, guys, come on. It's just, <laughs> it is what it is. It's cut and dry. Yeah. Don't read into things. Don't, don't add meaning where there isn't any. Just see it for what it is. It's very black and white. <laughs> Yeah. That makes sense. So now, yeah. give me—you have a whole marketing aspect to your business, yeah, yeah, that you focus on. Tell me, tell me about that. Um, so for uh, for voice actors, you mean? Yeah, yeah, for yeah. voice actors. So um, when I, you know, I had all this cumulative knowledge between my time in advertising, time in radio, time in casting, 
and I, I had this unique position of being behind the scenes and seeing a lot of what was working and, and what wasn't in presentation and in sales and, and the way talent were presenting themselves. Mm. And so I started to develop uh, some products based on that that I thought could be good solutions for people, low cost, That's um, great. easy to use. Yeah. So I do, I do a lot of websites for people. I do a lot of brand development. Um, I help people with uh, building sales lists and, and just having a better concept of exactly how to create a sales plan. Because well, let's be honest, the better an actor you are, the worse you are at sales. <laughs> <laughs> they, don't, they don't go hand in hand usually. <laughs> yeah, that's not our forte. No, we don't right. know how to do that. Um, so, so this is great though because this whole thing is a business no matter how yeah, we slice it so exactly. a lot of talent don't don't work on that aspect of it no precisely and and like when I started coaching that was my my main focus and um, you know since then gosh there's there's a lot of folks who have come up and there's there's a lot of companies now that offer various forms of marketing assistance and various marketing services I was one of the first, though. I was wow. really one of the, the early adopters of saying, look, we have to treat this like a business. We cannot be so focused on the acting art form that we forget that having a solid plan, having a business foundation is what's going to sustain us long term and what's going to see us through to retirement as opposed to the people that go, oh, I used to do voiceovers. Right. Right. Very different. Yeah. So now this is the VO boss aspect of your business? Um, no, 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 no. This oh, is that's all, what you do? Um, with... it, that's a part of it. That's a component of it. But primarily, this is just uh, me. It's it's GabrielleNistico.com. It's just uh, the various things that I do. Oh, great. The VO boss is a is a partnership between myself and Anne Ganguza, um, another great Northeastern <laughs> lady. <laughs> Gal. You know, we, we band together. Um, she's a Jersey girl. And uh, we we both you know had very similar again philosophies on on the way things um, should be done and and what is going to help voice actors to sustain themselves and propel themselves forward. Mm. And the O boss was Anne's brainchild. She she came to me about a year and a half ago now and said, "Hey, do you maybe want to partner up on a couple of things? And one of them was a podcast. And then uh, the podcast, you know, kind of developed from there into a website and, and other product. And I was like, yeah, let's wow. let's do it. So mm -hmm. we kind of joke and we say two boss brains are better than one. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we we put our heads together to to really help people and find solutions. And it, it is it's interesting because while we have very similar views on the end result we have different methods oh cool so that yeah so it's a really neat thing to be able to bring to our clients because they can kind of pick and choose and see what aligns with them best um, but yeah we have a slew of different uh, sales products and marketing products there that we've been um, offering and and doing quite well with for people uh, different uh, email blast programs and um monthly uh, email communications for clients mm. because, you know, everybody's struggling with CRM now <laughs> and, and how to how to make that more effective and how to make it affordable. So that's one of the things we've really done there is, is made it sort of a co-op, which is one of the things that makes it more affordable instead of uh, individual talent having to go out and, you know, buy MailChimp accounts and go, oh, my God, this is going to cost me 
thousands of dollars. That's a great idea. Yeah. It's kind of fun. Um, and so we've, we've been enjoying that. And I, I love working with her. And, and we have a lot of fun. And, and you know, we, we kind of do what you're doing with, with the podcast aspect. We just we bring in yeah. different guests and we talk about different topics. And we just kind of let it free flow, see where it takes us. I think free flow is the yeah. best way. It's just, it you know, I don't want anything scripted. And it's like, let's get away from. Exactly. It's, from, it's honest. <laughs> it's fun. It's. Um, yeah. And real. Yeah, it's cathartic. You know? Yeah, exactly. And real. And, you know, anybody that usually comes on my podcast, I just want I want the real deal. And I want to, you know, be honest with what's happening in the business. And I think that's how what people appreciate. Yeah. You know, it's not the. the uh, but you guys release a lot of wonderful information. You have your own, though, set of videos at Gift of Gab, the Gift yeah, of Gab, which is channel. so cool. And you always release these videos. Like, how? what's your frequency? How often do you? Once a month. Once a month. Yeah, and it's just voiceover tips, things about the business, just. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> it started. It was really funny because I, I have I have a great staff who um, I love to pieces and they're they're largely millennials and um, <laughs> they kind of they kind of pushed me in this direction where they were like look videos where it's at you know this is this is where things are moving and I'm like I don't want to do video I don't want to do video <laughs> and so finally I kind of broke down and we did one <laughs> and it just sort of snowballed um, I I. I just get inspired. I'll I'll have an idea or I'll have something that will happen or an experience and I'll just jot down, you know, a little note about it. And then about two or three times a year we film and um, we'll just sit down and we'll we'll film a handful of, of episodes, I guess you could call it, at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes we'll do some things a little more impromptu with cell phones and uh, not not as professional a setup throughout the year, and yeah, release them once a month. Put them in as in with my newsletter. People seem to really dig them. I've I've tried to have a sense of humor about them, keep them kind of funny. Um, they definitely give you <laughs> a little bit of a peek into my my personality and um, my my twisted view of the world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, and I try to bring, you know, guests in and, and other folks and um, they've just they've just been a lot of fun. And and part of my motivation there is that they I'm trying to have them be an answer to a lot of the well, crap content that <laughs> is on YouTube about voiceover, because there's a lot of it. There's there's a lot of people blowing smoke and. There's a couple of them, I mean, that just really, I mean, they're hustlers and they're, they're kind of in that make a demo in six weeks category. Right. <laughs> um, they, they charge people way too much money and, and they under deliver and uh, just, just, you know, poor practices. And I got really tired of seeing just how not only popular they were, but, but how people were buying into it. And I'm mm-hmm. like, whoa, no, 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 no. They're buying into the fantasy. They are. They are. But, but I feel like, you know, it's, if I can do my part to set the record straight or to kind of <laughs> pop that balloon one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like, you know, we really should be approaching it with, you know, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Right. Right. So that's, that's a lot of the approach in my, in, in, in those videos. And I think I have, I've kind of woken a couple of people up where they've gone, oh yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that did sound a little funny. Huh? 
yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> G- yeah, gift of gab on YouTube. It's it's been a, a really fun thing. I mean, I'm, I plan on doing them for as long as I can to like to like completely run out of ideas. <laughs> well, you're so organized, which is great. You're like inspiring oh, to me geez, because I have to be. You'll do like a batch at a time, and like the newsletters, a ba- you know. And I have to get like that because I'm way too. When it comes to this stuff, I go strictly by inspiration at that point in time, and then I move on. Um, And then I'll go months with no inspiration and then have nothing to produce, you know. Mm. So I have to go, you know, and be more organized and diligent about it. I'm a big spreadsheet person. Mm -hmm. Um, I my whole life used to be on Excel. Now it's on a combination of Excel and Airtable. Oh, Airtable. Airtable is fantastic. Airtable. Wow. Yeah. I've been using Google Sheets. Google Sheets is good too. Um, my assistant turned me on to Airtable. It's it's a little bit more. If you're familiar with uh, Evernote, yes, it's it's kind of like Evernote meets Excel in that you can really incorporate a lot of data and a lot of external content, and you can link and tag and and you have storage space with it too. So well, you can do cool. a lot of things, um, but keep it all very, very organized. And so that's been a big help. That's cool. We've been using um, Monday.com mm-hmm. to keep everything nice and organized here with the different, yep, yep. you know, businesses. And and uh, that's, been, that's been a nice thing to get all the, like, the team members on there. And then you, it's it's got pretty colors. <laughs> I like yeah. the pretty colors. But then I get to go check. I'm checking this off today of what I did. I did this and I feel a sense of completion. Yeah, but there's and some I'm still I believe it or not. I talk about this all the time. I'm still very much a paper girl. Like I still have a desk side to do list because I like jot it down, cross it off, jot it down, cross it mm. off. Like mm-hmm. I get a, I get a really sick satisfaction out of picking up a pen and crossing something out. It does feel good. I finished it. <laughs> That's awesome. So people go to your website, GabrielNistico.com. They can like yeah. get a link to the Gift of Gab. and. Oh, yeah. God, there's like I, I, I joke and I go, there's there's enough content, especially for new people, to keep them busy for days um, <laughs> between <laughs> articles and videos and links. And, and you're and a wealth of information. Yeah. Just oh, my gosh. Yeah. Because in a weird way, that's kind of what I wanted it to be like folks like you and I and, and, and other veterans in the industry and, and even even people who've just been in it for maybe even five, 10 years, just those who are successful and, and thriving, we get bombarded, right? Mm-hmm. It, like everybody, like at some point your hairdresser is going to ask you if how to get into voiceover and your dentist and like all mm-hmm. these people just want to know how to do this. So I was like, here, here you go. Here's a resource. <laughs> Here's a place. <laughs> Where you can send people where you know it's honest and it's not just one big ginormous sales pitch. Right. And here's, you know, these are all the external sources that they're going to need, you know, books and Mm -hmm. how to find uh, just other content that's going to be helpful. And so that's that's really what a lot of folks use that for. Um, But then, you know, beyond that, yes, you can get into the coaching that I offer and the various things that I do and demo production and websites and, and all that fun stuff. And folks, there's you know there is tons of information about voiceovers on the internet, but you got to oh, really God. look at the source. Look at the source. Yeah. Who is is spewing what they're spewing and writing about what they're writing about, and make sure that these people actually have some experience in actually booking real jobs. You know, possibly maybe with an agent or <laughs> something of a higher caliber. You know, where they well, can sustain themselves, uh, make a living off of voiceovers. Doggies. Doggies. <laughs> Doggies barking. They do this. 
Um, because the information's out there, but you got to be, you know, you got to be aware of, of who's telling you what. You do. And here's the other thing that I see a lot that I think is, oh, hold on. <laughs> Let me see if I can't shut them up. Sorry. That's, a, that's okay. <laughs> this is the beauty of a live podcast. And this is why we do it like this. Because this is this is live. This is how it is. She's working out of her studio. So sorry. <laughs> so sorry. Yeah, they like to do this. <laughs> so um, the the other thing that uh, I think we see a lot of is who's willing to go. You know what? I don't know it all. Yeah, we are a vast, broad, wide industry with a lot of facets, a lot of players, a lot of different niche areas. A coach who is professing to know it all, mm -hmm. do it all, um, make demos for it all. I'm sorry, it's it's bull. Yeah, no, I like I know that my specialty is definitely not in marketing and branding. That is not something that I have a lot of knowledge on, which is why I will always defer to you to anyone that comes to me. There, there but, you go. And I mean, like I, I go, it's every now and then. Well, I can't even say every now and then because now it's more, I think, than ever before. I get younger, younger folks who are like, you know, I, I really I want to be in animation and I love anime and I love video games. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, why are you talking to me? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I love I know. them, too. I'm not the coach for that. Yeah, me either. That's what I, <laughs> I say. I'm not going to teach I you about that. Right. I would much rather make a referral. I would much rather send people to a colleague, a trusted friend, somebody in this industry that I know can actually get them where they want to go. Right. Mm -hmm. Rather than hustle them into thinking that I'm, you know, the end all be all. And, and that's it. I think when you go and you look at a coach, are they referring out? Are they willing to say, hey, have you spoken to so-and-so or so-and-so yet? Mm -hmm. Do they recommend other people on their site? Or is it all me, 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 me? Right. Yeah. It's the, yeah. Well, because think, no, think it's no boys, no one's going to have all the knowledge about one no. industry, please. No. You know. No. And I get I get very cautious of the me, me, me coaches, the ones that don't make referrals recommended, because that I think it somewhat speaks to their isolation in the industry that, you know, because many of many of the the ones that we consider to be shady, um, the industry has turn or turn their backs on we don't we don't associate with them right so if they don't have solid referrals or relationships elsewhere in voiceover that's a pretty solid red flag that's too. a sign mm -hmm. yeah. definitely i know this industry in itself you know as as competitive as as it is is still a very generous one amongst the participants you know, oh, yes. everyone is like just want wants to help someone. I mean, the most of the people out there, obviously, there's exceptions to everything. But it's kind of interesting that you would think yeah. something that is such a fun, you know, what we do for a living is fun um, and can be very lucrative. And then people are supportive. You know, your your co your coworkers, your virtual coworkers are actually supportive of each other. And it's um, nice. Incredibly supportive, incredibly generous uh, with time, with knowledge, with advice. Um, mm -hmm. Rob Skiglin-Paglia, who you probably know. I mean, he's another New Yorker. Um, he, you know, he's also a, a practicing attorney. And um, that's kind of, he, he divides his time as, as a lawyer and an actor. <laughs> really, right. really interesting kind of combo there. That's great. But he's been around the voiceover industry for many years now. 
Rob is like the go-to guy. Like whenever anybody has a legal question or needs a little bit of legal advice, he's always there. I've, I've never seen, yes, don't get me wrong. There's moments where he goes, well, you know, if we're going to get into X, Y, or Z, that that's really going to cost you this much. Right. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> but, he's not a charity. But, you know, and yeah. Because everybody needs to make a living. But if it's just a quick little thing, I mean, I see people tag him on social media all the time and go, I summon thee, Rob. <laughs> Good for him. <laughs> Whenever it's a legal discussion. And he's like right there. He's like, yeah, just do this. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Oh. And we're we're all kind of like that. Yeah. Um, it's it's uh, you're, you're pretty hard pressed to find an a-hole in this industry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I the, what is it? The um, Wovo, you know, member of the Wovo uh, yeah. World Organization Voices. Yep, yep. And so I put myself up as you know, I will happily speak to anybody about anything if they need a mentor. And I've gotten a few people that reach out to me, and I happily listen to demos. We go back and forth with emails, you know, advice on this and that. Um, and I have no issues with it. I even have people reach out to me through voiceover gurus, you know, through yeah. Twitter and and Instagram. Hey, what do you think about this? I have this problem and. No problem. I, I will give definitely give you my two cents or I'll ask somebody here at the studio if they have an opinion that they'd like to share, you know, but why not? Yeah. You know, I've also heard the argument, too, where some people are like, why? Why are you coaching? Why are you teaching people to steal your job? And I'm like, that's not how I view it. You know, there's like a this is like a huge pizza pie. Right. And we can yeah. all get our slice because I might be right for something that you're not right for. You're right for something that I'm not right for. There's enough work for everybody. <laughs> and I refuse to go with that philosophy of like, don't help someone else because they might steal your job. No, I've, I've never. Yeah. I, you know, it's funny, too, because I think as radio people, we had to learn that behavior. Mm because radio is so cutthroat yeah, and and it's so competitive and it, it doesn't really foster that kind of a relationship with your coworkers. Like you, you start right. to at some point in radio, I think, look at everybody like, oh, you could be the guy to steal my job. Right. <laughs> and that becomes so ingrained in you that uh, when you come over to voiceover, it's like, wait, what? You want what happened? Me? Wait, what? The only exception I found with that, and only, I guess, because of the world that I was in when I got to New York City and was working for CD 101.9, basically somebody has to die to get a job in New York radio, you know. And and, right. So to get and all I wanted was a weekend gig so I could do voiceovers during the week, which I guess gave Mm -hmm. me an edge that I wasn't looking for the full time job. Right. But everybody that's already there is very cooperative with each other and very nice right. <laughs> very nice <laughs> because yeah. it's like they realize okay you busted your ass to get to this point you got lucky you got an in mm-hmm. you know and you've managed to keep your job for how many years and everybody's very respectful right um, but it yeah. takes that you know you've got to get to that level to be able to it does and it. I think that there there's the the big difference between a, you know a union house and the non I think mm-hmm. that makes a, a big a big difference there. But voiceover, it's it is totally different. Um, you know, I've kind of heard little bits and pieces of the same, but but my answer's always been, you know, if I'm coaching a guy, I'm not. He's no no competition to me, or vice versa. Mm-hmm. If I'm coaching a woman with a completely different voice print, then same thing. Mm-hmm. There's no that's not competition. It it really truthfully doesn't matter. Um, there's and and the technology and the growth we're seeing in voiceover right now, all of the different applications and new ways that voiceover is being used. I'm like, there's there's right. no issue. Now there's plenty of. I know that there's 
you know, like you said, with the same voice print or the same sound. Like I have a friend in in New York, and she and I met on an audition, a live casting audition in the city. Mm. And you know, she and I have a very similar sound. But and she said to me, she goes, "I was just in shock that you were so nice." And I, I said, I just, because to me, I'm not into the bullshit that I see, the girls, the cattiness, mm-hmm. the the sucking up to producers, to bringing gifts, you know. I figure, I want my talent to shine and to speak for itself. Um, and th- really what it comes down to is, you know, if the cl- client is listening or the ad agency is listening and you happen to fit, you fit. There's right. just, there's no... No other, you know, I, there's nothing more that I can do other than go in and give it my best shot, which is why I said to her, I have no problem. I don't see anyone as competition, honestly. Yeah. It's just so subjective, you know, it, and what can you do? You know, yeah, it's exa- just... exactly. I spent a lot of time um, in terms of performance coaching, working in radio imaging and affiliate promo. And I, I frequently get sought out by women with a very similar sound to me for rock radio. Big surprise. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm I'm always like, no, let's do this, let's <laughs> let's make it happen, um, because there's still, you know, it, not everyone's the right sound for everyone else. So right, got it. Got to keep things interesting. I had an audition years ago. It was for a big national campaign, and the the um, during the audition, the casting director was like, okay, we really like this. Can you shave a second here and maybe add a second here? And so they're having me reread this couple of lines for this campaign. And I was so excited. I was like, oh, my God, I totally have this. I have totally have this. So I leave and I'm like walking on sunshine and la, 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 la. And then two weeks later, I see the, the you know, the spot airing. And I'm like, that girl sounds like me, but that's not me. So I call my agent and I was like, what happened? I thought that they liked me and I freaked out. And he said, look, your voice could have reminded one of the producers of his ex-wife or he could have been eating a hamburger and biting into a pickle at the exact moment he heard your voice or she heard your voice. That that's how random it is with selection. Mm -hmm. So don't take it personally. It happens. Move on. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's the set it and forget it philosophy. You know, I send out auditions and I, uh, yeah. When I book, I'm always surprised. <laughs> I know. There's always a little like, oh, I did? Oh, yeah, cool. you okay, wh- what was that again? I don't even, I have to go look it up because I don't remember. I also learned too, and anybody that starts out auditioning, if you wind up auditioning for something really good, try not to tell your friends and family because after that, they'll be asking you, did you, did you get that? Are you the new voice? Did you get it? Asking you constantly, not realizing that probably 500 other people also submitted for it too. Yeah. They're well-meaning, very, very they're true. well-meaning, but, you know, I, I say, I don't want to talk about, like you said, set it, forget it. I don't even think about it after I do it. Yep. It's done. Yeah. No, I don't tell my family anything until it's it's booked, until right. it's a done deal. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah, by the way. <laughs> well, awesome. This is great. Thank you so much for joining me, Gabby. This is oh uh, my gosh. Thank been you. so informative, and I'm, I'm excited mm-hmm. that you and I are finally connecting, like, I really know, connecting. Yeah. And our paths are officially crossing now. We're making them cross uh, in, a, in a better way. But um, everybody can head over to your website, like we mentioned. It's GabrielleNistico.com. Um, and I'm going to be setting up a link as well on VoiceOver oh, cool. Gurus, too. So that way, anyone that has a marketing, uh, a need for marketing, branding, or just knowledge in general, you know, get, get more opinions than mine. <laughs> you know, it's like you want to hear somebody else's perspective on an industry. You know, Gabby's <laughs> definitely your girl. Yeah, and I'm pretty accessible. I always, you know, just email me. It might take me a day or two to get back to you, but I will. Yeah, 
That's great stuff. Well, awesome. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me on. This has been another episode of the Voice Over Gurus podcast, and we'll talk to you again soon.